<laughs> Even that's pretty hard to get past. Welcome to Love in Brief, a brief ABDL podcast focused on issues of love, love for self, love for others, romantic love, um, just bushels and bushels and bushels of love. So many bushels. Did you know love comes in bushels? Bushels. It's the way I like to buy it. Well, I'm not taken. Who are you? I'm resonant. Yes. It's nice to meet you. Likewise. So um, we're going to dive into uh, a question that's actually a follow-up on one of Failure to Adults questions to us that we tackled on a previous episode. But before we do that, a little bit of context. So uh, we are just coming back from Capcom, the Chicago Age Players Convention, which is, I think, the largest gathering of ABDLs in the world. I assume so. There's about a thousand people there. It was busy. It was busy. And if you haven't heard that episode, that was a live episode from last week. The reason I mention it is because we're actually kind of bridging back to the episode right before that. When we, there was an episode when uh, we focused on how to navigate ABDL when you have different abilities. And, and specifically, we talked to uh, Valentily and Changelinks who have differences in ability in their relationship. They each have a different type of disability. And as they navigate it in their relationship and as they navigate it in the world of kink, that was the focus. Well, that very topic actually came out of a question from failure to adult. And it opened up a really fantastic dialogue that we got to have uh, online that just was screaming for a podcast. So we could literally do infinity shows on this topic. <laughs> um, but one area we did want to focus on was autism. And we here's where it all ties together. At Capcom, there was a fascinating presentation um, wherein one of the presenters, who is a researcher, a PhD and researcher, focused on uh, ABDL issues uh, and where the sort of the overlap is in, in psychology and sociology, presented uh, a little factoid that um, autism spectrum disorders and autism and Asperger's are highly over-indexed in ABDL. It was it was fascinating, and I was so surprised. Yeah, me too. And and there was no particular explanation given. I don't think anybody knows an explanation, um, nor is one required. It was just really interesting. Um, but we've spoken about perhaps having this person on the podcast uh, to follow up because it's just just fascinating work. Um, so. Um, I thought, boy, what a great time to get back together with our friend Failure to Adult and to talk about her experience uh, navigating the world of ABDL with disability and specifically with autism. So all that to say, <laughs> huge intro, but Failure to Adult, we're so glad to be able to talk this with you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So the first question we want to ask you is the first question we love to ask everybody, which is, would you mind telling us about your love? I think it's less what I do love and what I am trying to love, which is that I am really trying to love myself. I have a lot of self-esteem issues, and it's very hard to see myself as being lovable. So it's a work in progress. Oh, gosh. I, I completely understand. I, yeah, thank I you. That's a very familiar feeling for a lot of folks is working really hard to try and love yourself, but it's kind of a day-by-day a day ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. I suppose I should also explain to listeners that I am nonverbal and use a speech-generating device. 
That is helpful. Thank you. I was actually going to point out that you, uh, as we were saying before we started recording, you have the clearest voice in the history of the Love and Brief podcast, <laughs> where we often struggle with technology issues or whatever. You, by far, win the clearest voice award Absolutely. using uh, text-to-speech. All the tech issues were on our our side this time. <laughs> Sounds awesome. It does. Just saying. It also helps me a lot as a trans woman. Because it allows me to use a voice that is more natural for me. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It does. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your experience with autism. You mentioned being um, nonverbal. How else does autism show up for you? I have not always been nonverbal, but speech has always been hard for me. And in the last few years became even harder due to stress. I started using this device and it just opened up a whole new world for me. But my being autistic affects how I interact with the world, from my sensory experiences, which can be very intense, to major issues with anxiety. I also have a lot of problems understanding and interpreting the signals from my body, one of those being bladder signals, which results in incontinence. We've had conversations in the past with people about what it's like to navigate life with an ABDO kink and on sort of all the complexities that come with that. We've had conversations then uh, and did a, an episode specially for what it's like to have an ABDO kink and experience incontinence. We've also um, connected with our friends who are trans over their experience of being ABDO and trans. We've also connected with folks who have disabilities. You've picked all four of those things to highlight. I mean, is it fair to say that's a fairly complex set of things to navigate? I am a pretty complicated girl, so that's for sure. I love it. So I wonder if you could share with us a little bit about what it's been like to navigate the world of kink and ABDL when you have autism incontinence, and you're trans, which isn't a disability, but certainly makes things complex. It's been wild. I got into a BDL when I was 17 from my first girlfriend, who I met at an incontinence support group. At the time, it really helped me as an outlet for many of my autistic behaviors, ways of acting and existing, really. That got me a lot of flack from neurotypical people. But at the same time I am also a sexual, and so much of kink from what I wind up seeing is about sex, so I had trouble forming relationships in the community. Social anxiety and communication issues made munches not a great option. So I stayed pretty isolated. So I am kind of like a cheerleader, like, you go and have the best damn sex you can or want to have, whenever you want to have it. Yes. Thoughts awesome. It's just not for me personally. I love the idea of a sex cheerleader. Yes. Will you come to our bedroom and just cheerlead for us? Yay, <laughs> no, thanks. But I will definitely tell you from a distance that you should enjoy yourselves and each other so long as you both consent. <laughs> because I am not here to gatekeep or guilt anyone. Yeah, that's awesome. And I don't blame you for turning down that invitation. I would also not take me up on that invitation. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Now we can get to your question. 
Uh, you had a question oh, yes. about self-love. I'm sorry, I did. I wanted to ask, um, you mentioned that you're on a, um, a journey toward uh, self-love, and I wondered if you could talk a little bit about what parts of that were difficult, or what parts are more difficult, what parts have you found easier, um, and how are you um, approaching your journey towards self-love? I see a therapist. I surround myself with friends who accept me, and I try to just do the things I enjoy. Life is too short to read bad books, play bad games, or hang around people who are not good for you. Amen. I love that. Life is too short to read bad books. Isn't that the truth? And I think this is a lesson I'm still, well, not the bad books part, but the, (laughs) you know, doing things that I don't love or hanging around people that aren't good for me. This is a lesson that it's taken me well into my late thirties to really get. So you're, I think probably ahead of the curve. If you figured this out more than in the last couple of years, I hear you, man, I am mid thirties. So I want to follow up on, um, something that you said about the, when we were talking about sort of the complexity, um, and you mentioned feeling like an outsider when, neurotypical folks were really struggling um, with accepting you. And I wonder if it goes the other way too, if you have folks in the autism community who reject, uh, you know, the kink or asexuality or being trans. I'm wondering if, if you, if you face having to feel like an outsider there too. The autistic community is pretty accepting generally of folks who are trans or ace. Given that many trans people are autistic and it happens with greater frequency among autistics, there have been studies and it's fascinating. But the autistic community can tend to be pretty anti-kink in general and anti-ABDL in particular. I think in part that as some members of the ABDL community have been creepers, especially on autistics who are incontinent, and part of it is that the kink sexualizes things or behaviors that may be totally normal to autistics. There are littles who go nonverbal and see that as a big part of their little space. But that is my everyday life, and the everyday life of many of my friends. I wear diapers because I have no bladder control. I can also enjoy them, and want to look cute in them, and think other people are cute in them, but I interface with the reality of it very differently from someone who is just into diapers as a kink and isn't spending thousands of dollars a year just on a medical necessity. Okay, so part of me is kind of mad at creepy ABDLs for ruining yet another subgroup for everybody else, right? Like, um, And then another part of me is just really really um, impressed with the way that you have said, look, I didn't, now this is me paraphrasing and please tell me where I got this wrong, but like, I didn't choose to be incontinent, but I can choose to enjoy it. Um, I think that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Like you said, failure to adult, like you said, um, you want to look cute in them and you want to, you think other people look cute in them and Instead of it just being a burden, it becomes something that you can enjoy and look mm-hmm. forward to and sort of make your own. And I like that about it. Even in the midst of all that, there's this tough social spot of, look, you've learned to love it, but now you and failure to adult for, for perhaps different reasons, but have found communities that said, well, if you love it, then it's not real. 
if it, if you love it, then it's not legit. You don't actually have any problems and shouldn't complain. You're probably faking it. Well, to that I say, uh-huh. spend an evening with me in bed with no pants on. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, there are people who can be really negative about their disabilities. And I get it. They suck. Like, objectively speaking, this is not an ideal scenario. But I refuse to fall into a negative attitude about it. I have had too many people in my life over the years try to make me ashamed of who I am that I am kind of fed up with it. I just love you so much. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) Honest to God, I can't. Please tell me that we can hug sometime. That's so great. And I agree. And that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons we started this podcast was so that not only could we reinforce that for ourselves, but for others. So thank you for saying that so beautifully. Yeah, I appreciate that. I was curious about, you mentioned, you know, for you and a lot of your friends who have autism, being nonverbal is not a choice and it's a way of life every day. Um, And I'm curious if when you see age players or engage in age play and see other folks doing the nonverbal thing or any of the behaviors that you noted that may sort of mirror the experience of somebody who's autistic. How does, how does that feel to you? Like if that is your thing, it is your thing. What makes me feel creeped out is when people sexualize my reality when I am not presenting it in a kink context. Like if I post a picture of me in a diaper in an ABDL context. Then thoughts swell. But people sexualizing the things I do not present to kink or as kink really creeps me out. It's not sexy that I use an iPad to speak, and it's not inherently sexy that I am incontinent. It's all in how you treat people, and treating members of the community, especially disabled members, as not being on, in a kink sense, all the time. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about sort of being on all the time, that that totally helps me get it. And I think the distinction between something that you're presenting in an ABDL context and something that you are not presenting in that way, that that really helps clarify because we've had our friend who is blind say, um, you know, it that some of like the things that come with it, that's not sexy to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not presenting it as sexy. I am just living my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the things that we offer up as sexy, that's okay. But that makes a lot of sense to me that you wouldn't want someone to just make kinky something that you're just doing. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is about respecting that we can exist outside of a kink context. Yeah, it feels like um, an acknowledgement of your whole humanness, <laughs> you know, that uh, the crazy idea that outside of kink, you're actually a whole person, um, not just somebody else's walking embodiment of, of uh, sexual fantasy. And that's one of those things that sexuality can be selfish that way if we let it get that way, right? That we choose to look at other people as, as uh, sort of momentary ephemeral objects of our sexual attraction. And what you're calling out is the simple recognition that you're a whole person, uh, not a a sexual uh, suggestion waiting to be fulfilled. 
that I am more than my disability, it is part of me and part of my identity, and I am more than my kink, and taking time to engage all aspects of me is far more respectful than just being a creeper who decides to send creepy ass messages on Tumblr or Instagram. Creepy ass messages. <laughs> uh so I want to turn a corner. We um, connected with an old friend, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, at Capcon, who wanted to contribute a little bit to the conversation as well. And I'm, I'm so thrilled to have his perspective. So I'm going to read back a little bit of what uh, he wanted to share. Um, this comes to us from our friend, Crystal Bearer from Fat Life, And he says, I think it's harder to navigate the ABDL scene or any kink scene in general with autism. I frequently worry if I come across as creepy without realizing it or intending it. Making proper eye contact is difficult for me, so it could be perceived as staring or not paying attention depending on the circumstance. I also have a harder time hearing conversations with a lot of background noise. It's hard for my brain to process and isolate what I want to hear. I worry about what others think of me because other cues or things people can detect, I might miss. I think it's easier for increased awareness of autism and more diagnosis today, but even though I always knew something about me was different, it wasn't until I was 20, near the end of my second year of college, that a counselor there used the word Asperger's to describe me and explain what it meant. Since then, I've done my best to work on my voice, my inflection, thinking of things to say in conversation that are relevant to others, knowing when to move from a topic or sum it up rather than to go into more detail. Social events can be nerve-wracking because I want to meet others but not screw things up, and it can be harder to judge boundaries or space to give at a certain moment. At an event like Capcom, there are many things that might be instinctive or taken for granted by others that I have to consciously try to remember. One advice I would give to people is don't talk at them. Talk to them in a way that they can relate to. I don't think anybody likes it when they're told something from somebody who sounds like they're reading it off a generic script or giving stock answers that might work with most people. But don't take into account what I'm dealing with. I absolutely feel this. His sentiment is spot on. God, I can relate. And I am so worried about how I come across because I find it so hard to read people, so I can never tell if they are okay with me. That makes a lot of sense. And I'm, I'm wondering, is there anything you'd want to share with either folks who have autism who are into ABDL or folks who are into ABDL that maybe want to uh, be more considerate, connect better, make deeper relationships with folks who have autism? I think the community faces the same challenges of any kink community, in that it has a whole new set of social rules for us to navigate at times. Being clear about rules can be a big deal, as can understanding that different body language than expected doesn't mean we aren't paying attention. A little understanding and a willingness to do things like change venue when it's crowded and loud, or accept that we can wear noise-canceling headphones and still hear you can go a long way. But it's also a kink community, and people need to feel safe. So I am not really sure what to say there beyond the basics. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your thoughts on that with us. I feel, I feel like there's so much more for us to talk about, and yet I realize that it's love in brief, you know, not love <laughs> in four hours. So we, we may have to return to this one. Um, but just 
a heartfelt and deep thanks for sharing your experience with us. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us. This has been so wonderful. And we hope to have you on again sometime if you're willing. Thank you for being receptive. And I would love to be back sometime. You bet. And um, so a huge thanks to Failure to Adult for joining us. And uh, a huge thanks to everybody who has written in. We've gotten so many great responses to our previous episode on navigating ABDL with disability or difference. And I know that we're going to get even more because our community has absolutely leaned in on these topics. And it, I think it's it's encouragement and permission to say, let's do more. And let's do even better in understanding each other. I love that. Don't you? Yes, I do. So um, in the meantime, if you have your own story that you want to share with us, whether it be about uh, a disability, a difference, or a way that you uniquely um, approach the community, or even some complexity that you deal with that maybe others don't, please do send it to us. Let us know. We're at loveandbrief at gmail.com. Um, so until then, we're looking forward to hearing from you, but we'll see you on FetLife and the Love and Brief podcast group. And of course, uh, we'll see you next episode on Love in Brief. Love and Brief.